What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. And this week, we're going to be talking about the UFC card going down this weekend. Mackenzie Dern versus Yan Shannon, a women's fight headline in the card, and some decent fights throughout the 13-fight card. Uh, we were off last week. Uh, how are we doing off the off week, Ozzy? Pretty pretty good off the off week, uh, he- heading into, you know, the fourth quarter of the year here now. So, you know, good to get uh, back in the, uh, you know, the, the weekly the weekly events, even though next week we have another off week. There's a Bellator this week and, uh, you know, we've got some good, great pay-per-view cards uh, coming up. So, uh, so yeah, excited to go uh, to, to go through it again. And, um, you know, good good portion here of the of the year. I love I love the fall right before it gets brick cold. I love it. Go out in the hoodie, pick up some hope, pick up some girl, you know, yeah, but um, <laughs> I, I agree. I, I Great like weather. It. I like the what I like the fall weather. Love it. Great weather in the Northeast. Um, last card was actually a pretty good one. Very violent card, like probably like the bloodiest UFC card in history I've ever seen. Um, everyone was bleeding on that card and, you know, had some couple of good bets come through. Uh, Mota started off the night with an easy dub, some fake line movement there on Bandcamp. Uh, Anthony Hernandez drugged that dude to deep waters. Gregory Rodriguez with an incredible comeback. Um, just a pretty sick, sick fight of car, uh, sick card of fights, honestly. Yeah, I just wish that song didn't get that cut at the end of the night. I mean, I thought that fight was going to be really, really competitive. You know, even in the in the last few rounds, if he hadn't gotten cut, so it was unfortunate. I thought that song honestly was the right side. You know, in that fight. You know, the, I think the blood very, very much, and and he broke his orbital, which I mean, it's not a you know, it's not a mistake, whatever. Yeah, that was a little disappointing for me, but uh, I ended up, I'll just go, um, you know, a little over three and a half units down, three point seven two. Um, you know, Fluffy Hernandez is my biggest bet, best bet. I think I, I made that as well. He he totally torched MAB. I should have probably had like five years. I've just been so high on the guy, and I mean, now the uh lines are not going to be competitive unless he fights someone like vittori or you know a top 10 guy like there's no way so we got to cash on him two times in a row against josh frem and mab at like minus 180 175 which uh you know kind of unheard of you don't see that that often and uh and yeah i mean i think uh the nascimento the fate on nascimento obviously did not go my way tanner you know couldn't dig deep in that third round and then uh, you know my boy Pat Sabatini came to uh, to to a meme a meme front kick. So you know a little down there. I think the unit sizing I could have adjusted a little bit, but don't regret too many of those bets all that much. I, I probably had a little too much confidence in Tony being able to uh, you know dictate the fight a little bit more against Bashrat. But that was a that was a decent fight by Bashrat. You know even though he was down 1-0, so Tony only had to win two, one of the next two rounds, and he was not able to do that. How do you do? Yeah, um, one point eight unit win for me. Um, our best bet parlay did win the Amadovsky Pfeiffer under and Hernandez, um, so that was a nice win there. Uh, too many favorites for you, Ozzy. You know, too many. You know, you should have should have stuck I mean, with just I only, a few. I, ha- you know? I only lost on two favorites. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you bet Nasi Ma- you bet Nasi Mento Mota. and 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 Pat and Pat Sabatini. Yeah, but Nasi, then we also I, not Nasi Mento, Bozer. I mean Bozer. But we also bet uh, Hernandez and Mota. Just too many, you know, we four favorites on one card. I don't know, bro. That line value on Mota and fucking Hernandez, I cannot pass that shit up. It was huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes some people give me shit for picking against my boy, but you know, 
called that pretty goddamn well. Good fight. Yeah, very good fight. Um, all right, enough if about Bill last If Bill had broken his arm, I think that third round would have gotten tight. But Feely did a sting. He did a sting. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunate. Snap the arm there. Uh, wish Bill a quick recovery. So first fight um, on this week's card, Bantamweight division, Randy Costa taking on Guido Canetti. Uh, the line for this one has Costa minus 300, Canetti plus 250. So I got a pretty strong opinion on this one. And I think the Costa is only good at offensive striking. I think this guy is seriously terrible at every other aspect of MMA. Um, cardio, the clinch, uh all terms of grappling, defensive striking. He has really no ability to to limit his his cardio. And in his last fight against Tony Kelly, we saw a massive overcorrection because his first several fights, he was just going like a bull out of the, the cage, just trying to finish guys as quickly as possible. And if he didn't finish them, he got finished. So his last fight, you saw him try take a more measured approach uh but he fought way too conservatively he barely threw any strikes he got outstruck at range in the clinch tony kelly dragged him to deep uh deep waters and finished him there so i'm interested to see what costa does here is he gonna stay with that that course in the last fight which is the better career move you need to start pacing yourself at some point or is he gonna go back to what he did early in his career and just come out like a bat out of hell um, you know, I think that he could come out uh, fast because Kennedy is old. Uh, he could be able to spark Kennedy early on here. But, you know, Kennedy is still a fast guy for being 42. Uh, you know, he's a skilled offensive striker. He's got good weapons everywhere, knees, uh, punches, even some pretty good kicks, heavy leg kicks. And I think that honestly, Kennedy is fucking live here at plus 250, man. I'm happy to have a small bet on Kennedy, you know, half unit, three quarters of a unit, something like that. And just, you know, hope for the best. He might get sparked out early here, but Costa is not a fighter that is capable of being 75% in the UFC. So I'm happy to take a shot on the dog here with the, uh, the 42-year-old Argentinian Guido Kennedy. Man, I'm not really a fan of Randy Costa. I mean, the guy just is kind of like Bambi legged in there. You know, he when like you said, when he throws the offensive strikes, pretty solid. You know, he could, you know, he, he can um, you know, stay on the offensive, the front foot, and and keep guys defensive uh early on. But you know, Guido, even though Guido's very, very old, and you know, maybe the durability, you're not sure. Like the conditioning, I know it's probably gonna be there. Um, you know, he's just gonna have to go through a the offensive, you know, repertoire that that uh, Costa is going to throw at him. Um, you know, I'd I, I look for uh, Kennedy look to, to counter here. He hasn't really shown too much uh, like power from the right hand side, as in like a check hook or anything like that. Um, so I think he's going to have to be moving his head, you know, watching out for the head kick coming from uh, Costa. You know, he's going to be throwing that a lot. But I mean, I can't like there's no way I could ever want to to bet uh costa here like you know he gave up against uh yanez when he was tired he broke versus uh tony kelly when tony kelly started kind of getting in tight with him and kind of initiating that clinch like you said and you know moving him around and 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 hitting him with uh some strikes there so i mean i think some of the prices here i mean kennedy at you know inside the distance at plus 400 you know maybe maybe a good a good bet to to start the night off with for for a little bit of action there um, and I just feel like Randy Costa, he's not here for a while. Like this is a, a fight that he should win. Like, you know, if he maybe approached it a certain way, uh, realistically, but they got him at, you know, minus 110 to finish in the first round. That I think that's pretty crazy. You know, I don't think, uh, he, he's knocked out anyone like Kennedy, you know, that quickly, uh, very often, like a lot of his 
KOs are kind of not. I don't want to say luck because obviously he's throwing them the strikes with a lot of intent. But um, I think Kennedy, he's got some UFC experience. He's been in the UFC for a while. I think he'll be mindful of those big strikes and uh, looking to keep distance when he can. Um, but should be a banger to start off the night. I think I'll side. I decide definitely with Kennedy on the value side, and you know I think probably a, a good bit of value overall on a lot of his uh, his betting lines. We're in agreement there. Moving on, next fight, catchweight fight, women's division, 140 pounds. Julia Stolyarenko taking on Chelsea Chandler, making her UFC debut. Stolyarenko, slight favorite, minus 115. Chandler, minus 105. Some two-way action on this fight. Uh, you riding with your girl Stolyarenko here again, Ozzy. You know I love Stolyarenko because Stolyarenko, she is a full... Um, you know, you know, like those people that used to that made those videos uh, a few a few years or like a year ago. She is a full send fighter. Okay, she should be sponsored sponsored by the Nelk Boys because she does everything with reckless intent. With you know, just recklessly, like you know, when she's on her back against Alexis Davis, she's trying to punch her head in. You know, she's kicking, she's clawing. When she you know goes against um. What's her name? The last girl she beat, uh, Clark. When she goes against Clark, you know, she throws a few shots and then just dives on the takedown and just a rabid dog. And then as soon as she is able to to get top position, she's just immediately spinning for the armbar. So I love her. That's the kind of fight style I like that I kind of was like, you know, wanted to to do. Like, going to decision, that shit's fucking stupid. Like, why would you go to decision? And that's what Chelsea Chandler wants to do. Chelsea Chandler wants to chip away. She's She wants to throw little sh strikes and stuff. But the awareness for Chelsea Chandler when I'm looking at her, it's just not there for me. I don't I don't think that uh, – I think she she's like kind of the girl that she needs you to slow down for her to start mounting her offense, right? She needs, that's how, that's how she wins. Like she, she's not going to be able to outskill Solirenko, in my opinion, in any facet. I think that Solirenko, I mean, the little, the like five seconds that she was on the feet against uh, Chandler, I thought it looked all right. It didn't look that bad. Um, it, it looked improved. Um, she, you know, she's on the card with her, her, uh, friend, uh, uh, Tabitha Ricci. So I think she's getting good training. She's focused. Like, um, you know, she, she calf kicks sometimes as well. She just does a lot of things in the women's division that I think is effective. Um, I think the 140 pound catch weight is good for her. Obviously we know that, um, she literally fainted one time when she was trying to make 135 on the scale. So I think that should be good for her. Should probably give her a little bit more strength in the later rounds, uh, to chase these submissions. If it, if it is a fight that does go deeper, which, you know, it is favored to go the distance or go over. Um, and I pick them. I think it's a good deal here, man. I don't think there's that much downside in the price here just because, if it's just a striking fight, I mean, I've seen Stolyarenko, like when she's fought Alexis Davis and girls like that, you know, be able to hang enough, right? She keeps her frame. She keeps her stance, you know, uh, a, a bit more now as she's a, a mounting experience experience in the, in the, uh, in the UFC. And on the ground, I just know that she's much, much better than Chelsea Chandler. Um, and I have, and if you look at Chandler's uh, opposition, some of these girls are like literally horrible. Um, like Olivia Parker, I think if you watch that fight, you'll just die laughing. So not that much Hilarious. downside. Yeah, not that much downside at a pick and price. Um, so I'll take the UFC vet against uh, you know, the debutante here for sure. Yeah, it's crazy that Parker woman was four and zero going into that fight too, and just atrocious. I mean, um, pathetic. 
But I, yeah, I mean, I, I taped Chandler earlier in the week and I thought that she was terrible at everything. I'm kind of already forgetting some details. The Courtney King fight was extremely sloppy. I mean, I think she's, you know, not even a good grappler. That's probably what she's best at is grappling. What I will say, the thing about Chandler is she does throw hard punches. You know, the punches are sloppy. They're ugly. Everything's bad. But she does, you know, actually put some power behind her shots. But that's not going to be much of an issue for Solyarenko because she's incredibly durable and we've seen her take beatings and keep coming before. And I don't think that the punching power of Chandler is going to be an issue for Stolyarenko at all. And I just think that Stolyarenko is probably a significantly better grappler, can probably hang on the feet. And she's just much more experienced, much more active lately, too, as well. Um, and, you know, coming off her first UFC win, she's got some momentum. She ran Jessica Rose Clark. Um, just like Ozzy predicted, you know, she was not leaving the UFC without an arm. Yes, and she exactly. Got I think this will probably I think this might be like a decision win for her. I don't know if she's just going to submit Chandler as easily as she did uh, Rose Clark. But I think that uh, Stolyarenko is definitely the side with more potential at these pick and price. I do like Stolyarenko late submission props, though. They got her 11 to 1 by submission in round two and 18 to 1 submission round three. I like that because she's going to be looking for the submission like any round that she gets on top of this girl. And I think it could play out on the feet, you know, maybe in the clinch earlier. But at some point, you know, this is women's MMA. They're going to end up on the ground. And, you know, you could have an 11 or 18 to 1 ticket in your pocket. Not bad. And compared to the 250 or, yeah, 250 submission price or 275, like that. So I'll Yeah, have I can see like Chandler, there. like, maybe hurting her with the punch in round one and going crazy. But then Stolyarenko is still there and, you know, Chandler guesses out or something like that. Um, next fight, good. a light heavyweight division, Maxime Grishin, Felipe Linz. Uh, the line for this one, Grish, Grishin minus 182, Linz plus 157. Um, so I see some similarities between these guys, both, you know, pretty old, Linz 37, Grishin 38. Um, both a little on the lower volume side of things. They've kind of bounced back and forth between heavyweight and light heavyweight in their career. But uh, Linz uh, struggled early on in the UFC at heavyweight, uh, took a long layoff, came back down at 205, and I think, you know, looked pretty solid in his last fight against Prochnio. Uh Lost round one there, but then kind of picked up the tempo rounds two and three, showed good cardio, and showed, uh, you know, a well-rounded game. He was outboxing uh, uh, Prochnio on the feet, hurting him with some punches, and then round three started taking him down and outgrappling him. And, you know, considering that Grishin uh, tends to kind of slow down in fights, you know, he started well versus Jacoby and he faded late. Even the William Knight fight where he was dominating, he kind of slowed down and had a closer round three. I think the cardio advantage got to go to Felipe Linz in this spot. Um, and, you know, the the striking Grishin uh, is going to be throwing those leg kicks. Uh, but I think the guy who sits down on his punches and throws better strikes in the pocket in combination is honestly Felipe Linz here. So uh, I think the Grishin uh, will be leg kicking and he might be a little bit. I don't, I don't know who's going to be bigger here. Um, I think Grishin might have a few inches of height on him, but I just think this is going to be a close decision. It's probably going to play out on the feet. And considering I like what I saw from Linz in his last fight, loved his cardio in that spot, I think that I'm going to be siding with the dog here, and I'm pretty shocked at this action uh, continuing to pour in on Grishin. I thought that it would have been done by now, but it doesn't seem to be stopped coming. So if you're interested in Linz like I am, might as well wait till, you know, fight day, you know, right before the fight starts because this action on Grishin could keep pouring in. So uh, what what are we thinking here, Ozzy? Yeah, I'm a fan of Felipe Linz overall. I mean, you know, Maxine, like 
literally the price on Maxine now is almost the same. Isn't it the same as like when he fought William Knight, which is just crazy yeah, to me. Yeah, it is. Yeah, which is just crazy to me. And, and um, you know, Maxine, like I he he is well respected in like wherever he trains, right? Like, you know, the extreme couture, like all the you know, he he's a good training partner. He's good in the gym and he's a solid fighter. Don't get me wrong. But like I just don't think in a fight like this against uh Lynn's that he's realistically going to be covering this price that consistently because, you know, striking wise, I think these guys are pretty similar, you know, like, uh, uh, Felipe or excuse me, Grisham. He doesn't throw that many power strikes in my opinion. He's kind of like, you know, he's like poking in there. He maybe he'll, he'll mix in a leg kick or two, you know, but he's mostly a boxer and he used to be a, a 205 as well. So I think, and Lynn's or excuse me, a heavyweight and Lynn's as well. So this is like two former heavyweights. I think that Lynn's has, I think there's comparable boxing. I probably give Lynn's in my opinion, the advantage actually with the boxing and the times that Lynn's has had uh, the biggest uh, difficulty is with guys, you know, throwing more kicks at him. Like, uh, like practically out did, you know, for a bit, you know, even Andre Arlovsky, that fight, Arlovsky, if I remember right, was, you know, calf kicking him, you know, a good bit. Um, but I like Lenz at, you know, at, at light heavyweight. I think this guy, you know, he's got decent hand speed. He's got decent power. Um, his ground game isn't bad. Like you said, he caught those takedowns against um, against uh, Prakniow. Um, and and I think it's just going to be a close fight. So I've got some Lenz money line earlier price at a bad price, like plus 140. You know, I might add if it goes to like 160, 165. But what I will come in with is just Lenz by decision. I could just see this fight being, you know, maybe a little clinchy, you know, in the clinch and stuff like that. Um, you know, am I expecting Lenz to win? Not necessarily. I think it, it'll just be a close fight. And this is the right side to be on personally. Um, I could see why people like uh, Grisham a little bit. But he's just an over underwhelming, you know, guy. Like even if you look at the Antigua. Fight like he should have freaking ran through Antigulov, and you know that fight ended up being kind of close. Like, just look at all his fights, even like he's got two draws on his you know record. I mean, obviously, those are like two round fights, but he's just not that overwhelming of a guy. And I think, uh, and he's older than you know, uh, Linz as well. I just like Linz more, you know, at the plus 160 number, so I'll take him. I already bet him. Um, I think he's solid, right in momentum. So let's go ahead. Next fight um, is middleweight division. Christoph Jocko taking on Brendan Allen. Jocko, the minus 125 favorite. Brendan Allen, plus 105. Uh, what are you thinking about this middleweight fight here, Ozzy? Uh, this is my favorite bet on the card. This will be my best bet of the fight card. And, you know, I've been, you know, I've gone back and forth on Brendan Allen fights. Like, I predicted a, a, a good number of them well. But I've always been consistent in saying that the guy's overrated. He's not that great. Um, he kind of leaves, leaves a lot to be desired. Um, he, his striking process is not that great. His wrestling is not that good. His cardio is not that good. Um, and even when you, we look at the submission game, you know, most of his submissions come by the way of Renick a choke, right? Like, you know, I think he is a black belt and a pretty decent black belt at that being at, at that, but his bottom game is not like overwhelming like he's not a guy that you know if you take him down like that you should be scared of taking him down other than the guillotine threat and jocko man is just a winner like he just he's like 17 and 2 in decisions he's got he's really really long for the division i think he'll have like a two or three inch reach advantage here um very very good defensive grappler very very good in the clinch great cardio you know, and uh, very, very good kicks as well. And he he knows how to time his strikes. And he's just an awkward guy. You, if you talk to anyone who's ever trained with Jocko, he's a superstar in, in the 
maybe not superstar, but he's really, really good in the training room. One of the better guys. Um, and as always, it's unorthodox to fight him. And the fact that Brendan Allen's getting his face jabbed by uh, Jacob Malkoon, and he's kind of trying to go Jacob Malkoon in, like telling him to kind of just slug with him, you know, and he's missing overhand rights on Malkoon. He's getting taken down easily by Malkoon. You know, he kind of looked like he slowed down to me in that fight. He said he had a bad weight cut as well, which I think is is uh, something, you know, foretelling the future. He's like starting to fight promotion. I don't think the guy's head is all the way in the game. You know, I think Jocko is a lock, you know, top 15 guy uh, in the, uh, in the middleweight division easily. Um, and, you know, you've seen, you know, Brendan Allen just fold sometimes, get off the bat, start, slow starts, which you can't do against, uh, against uh, Jocko. Because jo if Jocko's banking rounds, like you could kiss, you know, winning a, a, the fight goodbye, right? He lost the first round to Jacob Malcolm, loses the first round to, to Sam Alvey. Um, kind of technically, he, technically he won the 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 round one to Malcoon, but That's I don't know sure. how. I don't know for how. Sure. Yeah, no, no way either. And then the the times when he does like up the volume and he upped his urgency was against Sean Strickland and against Chris Curtis, and he was getting his face just completely destroyed. Like he was just getting hit with so many punches, which I think could happen here. We'll see how he approaches the fight. But Jocko could win the fight no matter where it goes. I think like if Brandon Allen takes him down, I think Jocko could get back up. If if Jocko takes them down, I think he could hold them down. And if they're just striking for uh, three rounds, I think that it's a lock. Like, Jocko's easily going to win. Um, lefty as well, which Brendan Allen has fought a few southpaws as well. But I just think the combination and the skill set of Jocko is just way too much for Brendan Allen. I think the pick him, I bet him at minus 115. I think anything under minus, like, 140 is a steal. Like, is like a must bet. But I would cap this closer to, you know, 60%, minus 150, 155 in favor of Jocko. And I'm very, very interested in seeing this fight take place. So Jocko, best bet over, you know, this is a multi-unit bet. No, I think he's going to get the job done. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, you know. Sorry to some people out there that want to hear us disagree, but we're agreeing on pretty much the first four fights. Um, and I agree with, you know, basically everything that, that Ozzy's saying on Jocko. Uh, I got him at minus 105. I've been thinking about this line for uh, about a month now. Um, a little offended that Ozzy's uh, uh, stealing my my best bet because um, I, do, I do have 2.5 units on Jocko, minus 105. And um, I was monitor monitoring the line for a while. It moved to 105. And then I think I saw a move on another book to like 115. And I, I thought now's the time to jump. And then sure enough, I got in at a great time. Uh, but honestly, I mean, if it comes back in even more, I mean, they might force us to add because uh, I've been a historical uh, Brandon, Al Brandon Allen truther. I've had some faith in the guy. But really what it was is that one Puna Soriano fight just drastically uh misrepresented his skill set because uh, I think Ozzy and I both bet him there plus money. It was a good performance from him. I mean, he outstruck Soriano, which people really didn't expect. And uh, I think that just it's just probably an outlier performance from Allen. I don't think that he's as good as he showed in that fight. And just see, he gets sloppy in there, man. He's just a very, you know, he's a very sloppy fighter. And I think Jocko's just a lot more clean, technical, um, way more experienced in decisions, fought a lot more difficult guys over the course of their career. You know, Jocko is a builder, definitely more shop worn of the two, but I really haven't seen many signs of him slowing down. Uh, you know, Gerald Mearshart is, you know, this guy's Mearshart's kind of like a, a, a funny meme fighter, but underneath all that, the guy is actually a really skilled fighter. And we see him, you know, pulling off big upsets against Silva and Muradov and 
he's always pulling off upsets, but Jocko, you know, pitched a shutout against him, outstruck him, stuffed takedowns, hit his own takedowns, I think. And, you know, he's just a really consistent fighter, um, you know, five, five and one in his past six uh, fights, all five wins coming by decision. And I think this one should uh, hit the decision. Uh, Brendan Allen got pretty lucky in his last decision. That's another thing, guys. If, um, you know, most people scored that fight from Malkoon. If that decision gets correctly given to Malkoon, I'm pretty sure we're looking at Jocko minus 150, minus 160 here or something like that. This line is giving you a more fa uh, favorable line because Allen got that lucky decision in his last fight. So I like uh, Jocko here as well. think it'll probably be by decision. I just think he's got more potential to pull off, pull away, and win this fight clearly. While if Allen is winning, it's probably going to be a grinding back and forth split decision type of fight. I think Jocko's got a lot more potential to win this fight, uh, you know, clearly. So Jocko's literally been undervalued in all of his UFC fights. Every single one. Yeah. Every single one. Like even me, lot, I bet yeah. against I bet against him against like Eric Anders, and I thought that like it was like a close decision. But in hindsight, like the guy, literally every like he's pick him against Misha. He's he was open pick him against Mershart. Like the guy's always undervalued. So let let's ride the wave until we see some you know diminishment of his skills. Yeah, I mean I, he's not he's not a flashy fighter. He doesn't finish guys, but like I mean he's so damn consistent and he's he's really well rounded. And I feel like just people are a little skittish to bet on this guy because he typically wins by decision. But I mean he's solid all around. Nothing about that one style though. to be. Perfect style to be Brendan Allen. Perfect. Um, next fight is in the lightweight division. A uh, couple of uh, guys here. See Ronson, Joaquin Silva. Uh, Silva minus one forty. Ronson plus one twenty. You know, tough to to put a bet on either guy in this fight. I definitely think that plus money is the side on either way. Uh, you can bet this fight. And, um, you know, Silva knocked out in his past two fights, you know, big overhand left uh, Florida versus Nasrat back in 2019, took a long, long layoff, came back versus you know, Rick Glenn and got caught in the first minute and knocked out. I think the 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 Glenn fight was a little weird because, you know, within the first 60 seconds, guys chins aren't typically the same as they as they are throughout the fight. Um, and I think that, you know, that was kind of some, some bad luck there. Uh, but I'm seeing a pattern of this guy. Uh, Silva doesn't really like fighting Southpaws. You know, the past two guys I mentioned, Glenn and uh, Hackbrass, both Southpaws, both knocked them out with those straight left hands. Um, and, you know, Ronson is a Southpaw here. You know, I, I just think that Ronson has a lot more traditional offense. He's going to be just throwing, you know, straight punches from the Southpaw stance, maybe mixing some kicks while look silva versus that in that glenn fight like this guy's coming off a, a long long layoff and the first few strikes he throws are two jumping front kicks and then he just jumps right into a punch and gets floored so i feel like this uh, silva his offense is just a little janky and uh, uh ronson from the softball stand should probably give him some issues and uh, probably just outbox silva here but a lot of outcomes are on the table with how old and inconsistent these guys are i wouldn't be investing significant money in either way in this fight but i think you know a unit on ronson at plus 130 it's i think that's probably a solid bet so i think it's ronson or pass uh interesting fight here honestly i thought um you know i didn't really see this one coming i thought ronson was honestly gonna get cut after his last fight but i mean that performance you know i was one of the only people on hoffa garcia there and i'm just surprised that people just completely off the freaking uh Hudson side just because of I don't even know like honestly me looking at that fight I didn't think he looked that bad I just thought that Hoffa Garcia was just a little overwhelming like he was a little quicker with the punches 
um, mix it up a little bit. And, you know, that's not going to happen with Joaquin Silva. Like, Joaquin Silva, low volume. Joaquin Silva, um, you know, doesn't really mix it up. Like, he does, he is not OBJJ. But, like, I don't really know if he's really going to look for takedowns here. I know he did. I think I someone told me he did do his camp at ETT. But I don't give a shit, man. This guy, I, I just don't think that for a three-round fight, he's going to be able to want. Like, he has carried his power a bit. But I think he's, like, a little bit slower on the uh, trigger. And that's what got him caught, you know, in a few of these uh, fights. Like, against Nazrat and against um, Rick Glenn. And Ronson, if you don't have... Um, you know, if you if you're not able to make him flinch, I mean, he's pretty good at finding the chin still, and he is still throwing strikes that I think are effective overall. Um, and I think this second fight at 155 will benefit him a little bit. I think he was I saw him talking about his weight cut down on a 155 fight last time, and he was saying how hey, like my weight was so low, but I just think that it probably gave his body a shock a little bit. Just he he just didn't perform how he wanted to, and I think maybe if he stayed consistent, kept the weight low, um, we'll get a little bit of a better performance here from him. I think his chin is pretty solid. He hasn't um gotten knocked out too many times. He has fought some some really good guys, and he himself is well rounded. So I see this being a close fight overall up until Ronson could you know get get his rhythm and his timing going a little bit better but i just the equity that i give uh the silva inside the distance is lower than what it's being priced at so with that being said i had i took some ronson at plus 125 i see him at plus 130 now i just think that as the fight plays out longer i think one he has the power to knock out uh silva you know being a southpaw and and, and some strikes he throws out and then on in the longevity of the fight I think he has a little bit more upside in the later rounds for a finish and then as well even for uh for a decision here. So, you know, I just give uh Silva some less chance to win inside the distance and I don't like him in the decision. So outside of Ronson, plus four hundred for by decision, not bad, not a bad price to take the guy. Um, but I think we'll get a better performance from Ronson here and uh, you know, I'll take him as a as an underdog. Next fight, women's strawweight division. Jessica Penne taking on Tabitha Risi. Risi's pretty significant favorite here, minus 205. Penne plus 175. The action on Risi just keeps on coming. I mean, uh, two weeks ago, she was minus 150, and now minus 200. So people are loving Risi. I don't know. I don't know about this one. What are you thinking? Yeah, I don't like Tabitha Ricci that much in the aspect of MMA. Um, you know, I saw she did a video, um, you know, uh, mimicking the ring card girls. You know, I'd love to see her in that role. But the the main thing is that, um, you know, Naviana fight, literally nothing happened. Like, nothing happened in that fight. Like, I, I, I don't know how long um, Viana was in the supine guard, like, laying down. But it was a significant portion of that fight. Um, so it just showed me that the girl's not a fighter. The girl is not aggressive and that she will lose against girls that are more both more skilled and with more intent. And I think Jessica Panay does have, you know, more intent overall. You know, um, she lost the fight to a very well-rounded girl in Dakota, which I was on Dakota in that fight. Um, but Dakota, you know, good wrestler, mixes it up, right? Had the kick game going, you know, was, uh, landing her, her hands as well. But Jessica, decent account of herself, especially in that second round, for sure. Um, and I think here she's going to be able to counter grapple maybe a little bit more than, uh, Tabitha is used to. She hasn't really fought any girls that, um, you know, had too much of a threat on the ground in terms of progressing position, right? Like, you know, Viana, she's just looking for guard arm bars. Like she's not really looking to do stuff. Jessica actually has, uh, 
the wrestle jujitsu. Like she, right? She looked to uh, sweep um, Carolina. You know, she looks to get on top, right? She looks to get you know back control stuff like that. So, and then her striking is not that bad. So you know, you give them plus one eighty. We're getting into the price range where they're pricing Tabitha like. Godinez was against Penne, and you saw how that fight played out. And Godinez is a much more well-rounded and skilled fighter than Tabitha Ricci. And I just can't not be on the the fade when Tabitha Ricci loses, because she's losing to one of these girls. Like this girl's not, you know, a contender at 115 at all. So I, I'm waiting. I I, I don't want to invest too much in Jessica Penne because she is older. She got beat up a little bit her last fight, which was only like 10 weeks ago. Um, but I'm probably gonna have some kind of sprinkle on this um if you're going to play Ricci player by decision i don't think she's going to beat uh is going to finish jessica panay at any point but jessica panay by decision is you know almost four to one that's crazy i would i'll definitely at 20 percent you know implied I, you could get that at fanduel 380 i think that's a solid bet but uh but i definitely like you know panay overall to 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 have a good account of herself and give Ricci a fight that is very uh foreign to her yeah i mean i think penny you know, held her own pretty well in her last fight uh, versus Ducati, who I'm confident would would uh, Ricci, honestly. Um, and you know, I'm gonna be uh, probably placing a bet on Penny here as well. I mean, I just think this line movement is crazy. Um, you know, Reese just her her top game just very underwhelms me. I mean, she's a black belt, but you know, I kind of question the validity of that black belt. I mean, she's pretty young, right? She's like 25, 26, right? 27. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just a little questionable. I think she trained, uh, what's that Gracie Baja or some shit, you know, I don't know. I'm skeptical of her, of her grappling ability. And, you know, Penny is just a veteran, you know, she's been in there, uh, with uh, women for 10, 15 years straight while Reese is just kind of coming into the, these higher level opponents. And, uh, Penny is, is a very solid grappler guys. Don't forget, you know, she just ran through Carolina Kovalkiewicz and submitted her on the ground. And then in the next fight, Carolina, you know, Bounced back pretty well and, and demolished Felice Harrigan looked pretty good. So I think that win aged pretty well. Obviously, her split decision over Lupe Godinez has aged well. And that's kind of a similar match. Lupe was trying to take her down. They were getting caught up against the cage. And then Penny's long frame was able to, you know, uh, weasel those back takes and get into some some favorable positions. And she's going to have, I believe, uh, four inches of height on uh, on Reese here. I'm sure her her reach is going to be uh, pretty uh, similar as well, five inches of reach. So that long frame, I think if these these women get into some some even grappling exchanges, I think Penny has the ability to come out on top. Um, the small cage, uh, they're just going to be grappling. I think that's good for, for Penny. And even if the fight stays standing, man, I've never been impressed with Ricci striking. And I think Penne might actually be the better striker at 39 years old. Um, you know, you can't be, you know, too enthusiastic about betting a 39-year-old woman at a 12-year um, uh, age discrepancy here. But, you know, she's a veteran. You're getting her at plus 180. And I just think that the 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 market and everyone is overrating Reese, man. She She's nothing special at all. She's got a, a decent wrestling and top game. But but outside of that, uh, I've never been uh, blown away. And she also, man, she can't finish anything. You know, I, I was betting on her to finish that Maria Oliveira woman. Oliveira is, you know, a blue belt. And I'm thinking Reese is going to be able to finish her if she gets on top. And Reese couldn't even do that. So Penny, no scorecards at like plus 155 here is probably a, a worth a bet as well. It's it's very, very likely going to get refunded, but, uh, you know, plus 155 for the woman who I think is more likely to finish the fight. So I'll take that on Penne and, you know, hopefully she can pull it off for us. 
Um, next fight's going to be in the heavyweight division. Last fight on the prelims, a fight we've talked about before, got canceled a few months ago. Alexi Olenek taking on Erie Latifi. The line for this one is Latifi, the favorite, minus 183. Olenek plus 158. So electric matchup here. I mean, two absolute... Um, I don't even know what to call these guys. Bricks. You know, Latifi is is built like a brick house. Olenek is built like a brick house that, you know, got bombed by a Soviet mortar or something like that. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting matchup. And uh, Latifi uh, really, really should win the fight, man. I mean, Olenek, his way of, of dragging these fights to the floor and submitting people in pathetic fashion. Sure, that works against Vandera and Maurice Green and some guys that he's defeated lately. But, I mean, outside of the Fabricio Verdum win, uh, Olenek has just looked terrible for like five years straight, man. I mean, this guy's a geriatric. His his knees barely work. And um, Latifi should have the ability to, to outstrike him, to avoid that sloppy takedown guard pull. If he gets on top, he should be able to stay heavy and safe enough and not make bonehead mistakes like Jared Van Der going for a triangle or a back take. Uh, and, you know, Latifi's just a, he's a master at laying on top and doing nothing. So if this fight ends up on the on the floor, I think he's going to be able to stay safe and just consolidate top position a lot better than some of these guys have. And uh, I'm looking for this fight to go long because Latifi, uh, he just tries to conserve energy. He is not looking to finish. You know, I don't think I think if he gets on top of Olenek, he's just going to lay inside control and try to do as uh, little as possible. And I, I like that for the overs. The over one and a half is minus 130 here. I think that's good. The starts round three is plus 110. And the GTD is all the way up to plus 200 on DraftKings. So I think I'm going to be have to betting all three of those. Um, you know, maybe going the biggest bet on the over, then the uh, second biggest bet on starts round three, and then the smallest bet on the GTD. Because I feel like this could just go the full 15 minutes in a slow, gassy, heavyweight grappling fight. So hopefully Latifi doesn't, you know, uh, dead Olenek with the punch. Ho hopefully Olenek doesn't get another meme submission. Uh, but I'm looking for this fight to go long, and I think Latifi probably wins by decision. Yeah, I mean, this fight, when they last had it, um, it closed at like, Latifi like minus two twenty five, um, and you know I kind of like Latifi then, but you know I'm thinking about it more now, and I'm it's just I think a volatile fight. Obviously, I don't really think the thing is I don't really think that Olenek is going to submit Latifi, and the books don't really either. They got it at three to one, which has got to be the best price you could ever get on Olenek by submission. Um, but I just don't know how Olenek is going to win. So I like I really want to bet Latifi, but it looks almost too easy. Don't you think it looks too easy? Like just lay some chalk. It does. On. It's 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 something. I feel like if we pull the trigger on Latifi, something stupid is going to happen. It just, just looks too easy, it. man. Like Latifi, like he, you know, he throws fucking sledgehammers on the feet for real. Um, and he's I'm not gonna say the guy's accurate, but it's not hard to find old man Olenek's chin, like. Any punch people throw literally hits the guy in, squarely in the face. And uh, Latifi Duffy hits hard. He's got no neck. He's got great, uh, pretty good wrestling. Um, you know, he's been doing his training with Chamaev, and I think I saw him. He's been in Vegas for like three weeks now, you know, more or less. And, you know, just the game that Olenek plays is just not really conducive to beating a guy like Latifi, in my opinion. But Latifi is low volume. He, 
came off a you know he had a, he broke his arm against uh Bozer and then he got like poked in the eye as well almost lost his fucking eye or whatever happened there so it is a little nerve-wracking but i think i'm gonna do it at minus 170 i do think there is or 175 i do think there's some value here on the latifi side because olenix cardio hasn't even looked that great um and for latifi like olenix doesn't really push like he can't push i think now like he did it against uh, Verdum, which was a great performance by him, but I think now he's just not going to be able to tire out Latifi in a way where he gets a takedown or he he kind of lands a ton of strikes. I'm going to think about it more. I'm not pulling the trigger yet because I'd hate it if like Olenek really scarf hole take took this dude down like hip tossed him or whatever it is and then subbed them from there. It'd be insane. But this is what Olenek does. Um, so it might be a pass, but I would only bet on Latifi for sure. Like I'm not betting on Olenek at any point, any, any time. So I think Olenek's going to go to sleep here, honestly, but we'll see. We'll see if I get involved. I'm tempted as well. I'm tempted. Um, first fight on the main card time, uh, Mike Davis taking on Vlacheslav Borshev. Odds for this one have Davis minus 180, Borshev plus 155. Um, I don't like, I don't like Borshed, man. I don't think he's any good. I mean, obviously he's a, he's a terrible grappler, just an atrocious grappler. Um, but you know, the guy's striking is all right. You know, he does have a, a good left hook, but I really think that his striking is getting overrated based on him, you know, finishing a few pretty bad guys on the feed. I think that, you know, in extended prolonged striking exchanges, this guy is not very technical. Um, he's kind of relying on that early explosion. And I think Mike Davis is, you know, just a much better technical striker. I mean, Mike Davis has really, really solid boxing, a pretty good defense. I like the way he slips and, you know, uh, ducks under punches and comes back well. He also has a pretty good kicking game as well. It's just the Mike Davis has been really inactive over the past few years, you know, struggling with a lot of, you know, health issues. Apparently this guy has like a really, really bad stomach problem where, it prevents him from training a long periods of time. And that's why the guys only had, you know, basically one fight in the past three years. It was against Mason Jones. Uh, I think that was a good performance, even though he did lose one round there. Um, he, he started strong around one, kind of faded in round two, looked to be fading, and then had a really good second win and pulled off the, the third round win there. And, and just a high intensity back and forth striking fight, which I think is a pretty good indicator for this fight. And he also hit a few takedowns in that fight. Uh, he's hit some takedowns throughout his MMA career. And with Borshed being such a bad wrestler, I think that honestly, Davis probably should be able to take him down here. It's just a matter of can he keep him down because Davis is not known for keeping his opponents down. Uh, but with how bad Borshev off his back, it might it might not take uh, much of a top game to keep him down. And the thing about uh, his last fight, Borshev against Dia Casey, is that he spent so much energy and strength defending those first few takedown attempts that once he eventually got taken down, you know, three minutes in, he was absolutely exhausted and he was just completely gassed out. So maybe he's been working real hard on his, his wrestling and is going to improve it from fight to fight here. But... I'm not interested in, in trusting him at all until I see some major improvements in his wrestling. And I'm not even sold on him as a striker as well. So I think Davis uh, has more potential to win this fight clearly and by finish. than if Borshev wins the fight, he's probably going to be um, losing early on and then coming back late if Davis slows down or something like that. I think the price on Slava KO is not bad um, at, you know, 400. 
Uh, so I think that's probably the better way to play him than Moneyline. Personally, I bet this fight to end inside the distance. Fight doesn't go decision, minus 120. I feel like this should be just a pretty crazy pace, and this is going to finish uh, one way or another. Um, knockout being the most likely, obviously, for either guy. But uh, I like this fight to just be a high-intensity back-and-forth striking war in a small cage, and I hope one guy goes to sleep. So I'm on the ITD here. What about you, Ozzy? You know, Mike Davis is a little bit of a weird guy. Like, he's just a little strange to me. Like, I don't know. Like, he look like he's got all the physical attributes you could possibly want. He's got great skills. He's well-rounded. He's fought tough guys. He's been in the training rooms of tough guys. Um, and he's had some good octagon performances as well. Like, you know, we talk about the Mason Jones fight, you know, how it was a war. But you look back at that fight, Mason Jones is swinging at air, you know, a lot, you know, in there as well. Like, um miss and making him pay you know a lot you know in that fight which was pretty impressive to me especially in that second and third round you know he 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 definitely was uh was looking good with the defense as well and my main issue with slava is man that guy looked really weak against mark d casey and i know d casey is very strong um i know that for sure but if i'm looking back at this man like he got taken down easy by dakota bush was holding him down dakota bush sucking wind after three minutes like just awful terrible terrible fighter um and that was at abu dhabi i don't know if that contributed but i don't give a shit and then against duncan gets taken down easy a few times right and duncan's just a bot he just eats punches you know for breakfast um and it was just so easy for slava to, to unload on him but i you know i because mike davis is just like i don't know it's something off with the guy i really haven't wanted to really invest but slava He's just not that great. He doesn't have a great reach. He's a glove. He's a low key glove sniffer, Martian. If you look at him, low key guy's a glove sniffer. I know what you're saying, and yeah, that was a very weird way he carries his hands when he's striking. Of a glove sniffer, and I feel like you know he needs perfect timing to get off some of these strikes and 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 to hit these counters, or for you to just be like not de- defensively void like uh, Chris Duncan was. And you saw Duncan against Charlie Campbell. Like, the guy's got zero defense. So I'm kind of warming up to Mike Davis because the guy's got skills. Like, he's highly touted. And, I mean, I think he has advantages everywhere. Like, I think if he wants to clinch and kind of just lean on Slava, he's going to be able to do that. And I don't really see him slowing down. I don't think cardio is going to be an issue for Mike Davis, although he is looking a little heavy set, like a little thicker, you know, in this fight. But I think he has advantages everywhere. And I think it's a fair price. For Mike Davis, I do think that after this fight is over, you probably come out of it and say, "Okay, like I saw, I I could see why Mike Davis was the favorite." And I don't know how many times you will have the opportunity to bet bet against Slava Borshev. Like he literally opened dog to Dakota Bush. He was, I think, he was an underdog to Duncan as well. Like the market, I think, is correct on the guy, and I don't really think he's getting that much better. Like how old is is he? He is uh, he's the same age as Mike Davis. Maybe? No, he's the same age as Mike Davis. So I think Mike Davis has all the advantages here. So I, I'm going to lean with him. I'm definitely going to pick him. I'm considering having a bet, you know, betting him a little bit, maybe working him into a parlay, something like that. I don't do that many parlays that often. Be with like a, someone in Bellator. I'm thinking like a, a fight that goes off, you know, at a similar time there uh, th- that I like. So I, I'm going to pick Mike Davis. I think that he should be able to mix up the, the strikes here avoid the counters of Slava and uh, and pick up a win probably by finish i, I was tempted i was tempted to, to to lay the chalk too it's just he's he's a little too inactive to be 
going past, you know, minus 150, I think. But I, I do share the same sentiment that we might not have many times to fade Borshev. I'm pretty sure he's coming back because um, he's a contender series guy. He has one knockout in the UFC. You know, this is only his third UFC fight. So I think they're going to for sure give him a fourth one. Um, and his his footwork is a mess, man. That's It's so bad. Not he's just uh, anyway, a bad, not um, a good athlete at all. Like he's a like these are this yeah, is a very there's a big golf this is a big golf in athleticism in this fight. I agree, I agree. Um, next fight, another 140 pound catchweight fight in the men's division this time. John Sexy Maxi Castaneda, uh, one of the best nicknames in the UFC, uh, taking on uh, Daniel Willie Cat Santos, pretty good nickname as well. Um, uh, Sexy Maxi here is minus 185. Santos plus 160. What are you thinking about this matchup? Man, I love I love this fight just because I feel like it's a great fight for John Castaneda, and I love John Castaneda. Like you know, his last fight against um, Miles Johns, terrific performance, very well rounded, right? You know, comes out maybe a little slow, and second round completely takes over, rocks him a few times, then the third round picks up the submission. I mean, I think the guys look good in all his fights. Like, you know, the the Nathaniel Wood fight was on very short notice, and I think he had to fly to Abu Dhabi for that one. He got beat up, took his lumps, you know, like a man, didn't get finished by a guy who, um, you know, obviously you've seen Nathaniel Wood, a guy is extremely skilled, you know, probably one of the low-key, one of the more skilled guys in, in the UFC, just very well-rounded. Um, and you know, he, 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 he looked a little bad in that fight, but it, it, it was a definitely a tough, a tough fight. A guy who's like leg kicking you all that much. It's tough to prepare for a guy like Nathaniel Wood, you know, on short notice like that, or in a fight, I should say. But Castaneda, I just love the movement that he brings in, 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 in the octagon. You know, he can fight from both stances. He, he, he throws kicks pretty well. His pocket boxing, you know, I love, I just love how he lands that check, uh, hook. You know, you can see it on Eddie Wyland. You see it on uh, Miles Johns. He's always looking to attack. Uh, he can mix up, you know, as well. He can mix up the game as well. He's got good good takedowns and good wrestling. If you've seen him on the regional scene or even in his uh, old contender series fight that was five years ago now. And I thought the guy was a good prospect then. And he's only matured more that, since then. He's been in a ton of decisions, ton of, you know, there's a ton more experience. And my main issue with Willie Cat is just Willie Cat is incredibly inaccurate. You know, and people will say, oh, you know, you're, you know, Julio Arce, great boxer. You know, it was a, a cra crazy competition, all that. It's true. But if you look at his other fights before that, he's just always inaccurate. Like his favorite strike is a spinning kick or is a spinning, you know, uh, back fist. Like the guy just no process with him. Um, you don't even know his like ground game. Like I, I don't even know if his ground game is any good because he never really can get a takedown, goes for a takedown. Um, and I just think this is just way more than he could chew, like here. Like I, uh, Julio Arce should have been close to minus 300 against him. And I think Castaneda should be more like that 220, 225 price uh, against Daniel, Daniel Santos because he just at no point made an adjustment against Julio Arce. And he was on the front foot the whole time. He was doing what he wanted to do the whole time. And at no point was he able to string together any good or effective offense. Um, you know, the small cage here should help him a little bit. But like I said, Castaneda, he keeps his hands up. He's looking to, to, to catch you in between with these shots, you know, while you are throwing these wild strikes like Willie Cat does that are inaccurate. Um, and then when he wants to, I think he could he can take this guy down and grind him out. And as this fight goes later on, I do think that we will see um, Castaneda turn up the pace. I think that Arce took the back foot the whole time because one, um, 
he had missed weight, right? Had a, had a bad weight cut. And two, had just come off that knockout loss against, um, you know, Song Yudong. Whereas I think Castaneda right now, full of confidence. Why wouldn't you be, you know, you, you've shown your well-rounded attributes. And you saw this guy right here looked very, very outgunned in his UFC debut. And I think he's still outgunned here. And I don't think he's going to win many fights in UFC. So I'm fading him at every opportunity that I get including this one. I've been waiting, though, because there are guys that I respect that they say they like the Daniel Santos side, but I don't see it all at all. I don't think this guy's winning any UFC fights, especially against borderline top 25, top 30 guys. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a bad career management for him, and uh, he should have gotten, like, a contender series, you know, level guy. So I don't know what's going on here, but uh, I'll definitely take Castaneda to fuck this dude up. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. I mean, I bet Arce against Santos, um, and it's a pretty pretty similar matchup. I mean, Cassinade and Arce are, are very similar. I mean, Arce, I would say, is definitely a little bit better, but Cassinade is well on his way to being, you know, uh, a top uh, 20 guy at Bantamweight, which is, you know, just an absolute uh, shark's end of, of fighters. Um, and, I, yeah, I mean, you, you hit all the points here. Santos, he swings wild. He's inaccurate. He doesn't really build into fights too well. I don't think he has many range finders. Castaneda is just a slick southpaw boxer, good footwork, good counter skills. And I think he's probably just going to outbox Santos here. Small cage is not a benefit for him. I think that probably does benefit Santos a little bit. But, um, you know, I just think uh, Castaneda has all the advantages here. And, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to bet him as well. I think that uh, anything under 2-1 um, to one is good bet. Value and uh, I think I probably will end up on Castaneda for a small bet. I just think he has good potential to, to cover this price, and I'm not really seeing it on, on Santos. You know, maybe they, he sticks around and gets another UFC fight, but they would have to give him a pretty significant drop off in competition for him to get a win in the UFC. So, won't won't say too much there. Ozzy made a lot of good points. Next fight is in the you, you mentioned that it's the 140, it's a 140 fight as well, right? Which I think is good yeah. for Castaneda. Like a few years back, he missed weight at 135 a few times, so. I think that's good for him as well. So, yeah, and he's and uh, I, I feel like Santos is kind of a a, a small anyway for some reason. I mean, he's he's five seven, which is pretty average, but uh, I don't know. I just get he's kind of skinny and not too strong. So he does not look um, strong. Definitely does not look strong. Uh, next fight, featherweight division, Sadiq Youssef taking on U uh, newcomer uh, Don Shanice. Uh Youssef, massive favorite, minus eleven hundred. Shanice plus seven fifty. Um, so, I mean, obviously the money line here is pretty unbettable. Dogger pass all day. It's just a matter of uh, finding some props with value here. And, you know, rewatching uh, Sadiq's last fight against uh, Caceres, I, I did see, you know, Sadiq, you know, kind of initiating the clinch and the grappling a little more than uh, I remembered. So, like, uh, uh, Alex would shoot a takedown and Sadiq would stuff it. And then Sadiq would kind of go right back into the clinch and kill some clock. And the, the bet I'm looking at here potentially is the over one and a half because I just noticed a trend with these guys who come in on short notice that are huge underdogs. I think they tend to make it over one and a half. Uh, at a decent clip, um, that Armfield versus Onama is an example, and then um, another one is uh, the uh, Damon Jackson and Dan Argetta. I, I bet the over in both of those fights because, um, you know, both those guys, Armfield and Argetta, were grapplers, and just like Shaney's is a grappler, I think that he's going to be trying to get this fight to the floor, and that's going to be, you know, killing some time. Uh, the small cage uh, is probably a benefit for Shaney's here, so he's going to be shooting takedowns. I doubt he's 
is going to be successful. I think they could kill some puck and somehow make it over the seven and a half minute mark in this fight. Uh, and also, if Sadiq uh, does stun Shanice with a punch, Shanice is going to shoot a takedown. That should kill a little more clock. And Sadiq is just not a very aggressive guy. Like He does not come out throwing a lot of strikes. He is very content to throw at a very medium volume pace. I mean, look at the, the Arnold Allen fight, the, the fight against us. Uh, uh, Caceres in his last one. I mean, the guy doesn't really get on the front foot and put up a lot of volume. He's very content to kind of just stand his ground and throw a medium amount of strikes. And, uh, you know, he's he has gone, uh, you know, over in, I think, four of his last five. The one knockout was against Benitez. But Benitez loves that crazy, uh, hellacious pace. And I don't think Shane East is bringing that. But last thing I'll say here is the Sadiq subprop is at 12 to 1. I could see Sadiq, you know, stumbling uh, Don with a punch. Don shoots a takedown, leaves his neck out there. Um, and I don't even think Shaney's is good on the ground. And you have pretty heavy on top. You know, he taught him to... Uh, uh, Andre Feely to win a round there in impressive fashion. So I think, you know, Yusef at sub 12 to one, not a bad flyer to throw out there, but difficult to find any value bets on this one. I like that. I like, that. I kind of do like that because he hasn't gotten a submission in, in his, uh, career yet. I don't even think in, on, in amateurs, he had one or a few, but in, as a pro has not gotten a, a submission yet. And he did start, I mean, when he started with Lloyd Irvin, he did start as a grappler. Um, but the guy, like you said, you know, I kind of like that over one and a half as well for, you know, for action on this fight, just because, you know, I know Don a little bit. I, I bet against I bet on him uh, in the in the regional one time when he fought um, Lenosi and he ended up winning that fight with kind of just grappling top game and stuff like that. But like you said, Sadiq in his last side against Caceres, he really invested in that calf kick, right? He, most of his strikes were leg kicks, right? He tore apart uh, Caceres' leg. But he only went 18 for 70 uh, in head strikes, right? So he he's more like of a defensive guy. Like, I think he likes, you know, making guys miss and countering. But he also just likes making guys miss. Like, you know, he's kind of like one of those, like, um, you know, you've been to boxing gyms, right? When, you know, you make a guy miss and everybody's like, oh, shit. Like, well, that, what do you, like, you know, acting like you're Mayweather and stuff like that. So I think he likes that flashy stuff a little bit. So I could see, like, a pole counter or something like that with him countering um, and, and knocking Shane aside, maybe with an uppercut or something like that. But I think the over is solid because Don is, he's a tough guy, man. He's, you know, Northeast certified, right? He is from Massachusetts, but I think the guy is solid overall. He's got some solid skills. He's he's a pretty good grappler. His wrestling, I don't know if he'll be able to take guys down in the UFC, but he's a solid grappler. He's not bad. I don't think that he will be getting uh, blown out by um, too many guys. Like, I think he could maybe be competitive at the very, very low end. You know, of the 145ers, maybe, you know, his next fight being against like a contender series guy or something like that. But I do think he could potentially survive here at least into round two. Like, I don't know where his conditioning is. Like, if he starts, um, you know, really fading, you know, if they go into the second round. But, but with that over coming in a little bit, it's going to get close to minus 140. You might go off at. I think that's a fair that, that that's a fair bet to make because uh, Sadiq, you know, he's not really stringing together a lot of these shots. He's more of a pot shotter when he is, you know, throwing these strikes. Um, and I think Don as well, he's not that big. Of, he doesn't have big power. Like, I don't think he'll be able to rock Sadiq. So uh, I'll lean with that over one and a half as well. Damn, we, we got to find something to disagree about on this card. I think uh, hopefully we'll save it for the main event. But next fight, um, Bantamweight division, uh, Haoni Barcelos, Trevin Jones. Barcelos minus 235, Jones plus 200. 
Uh, any thoughts here? I think this is kind of a confusing matchup. Yeah, it wasn't really, I guess, you know, this is like classic UFC stuff, though, with the team or you both fought team or fuck it. Let's you, you guys fight each other now. The classic round robin. Um, you know, I love Harony Barcelos, one of my favorite guys. You know, I did bet against him against Victor Henry, and, you know, he had a hard time there. But Henry's like a very slick guy, uh, a lot of volume, great cardio, and is good in those frantic, frenetic, you know, paces. You know, he's kind of from the Northwest. He's training with Josh Barnett. They're insane guys up there. And I just think that, you know, that fight right there was, you know, I might have caught Hyoni by surprise a little bit. I do think it was also pushed back. You know, I think that they were supposed to fight like in December and they were cutting weight. And then, you know, it got pushed to February, whatever it is, or January. Um, but Hyoni, really skilled guy, man. Great, uh, great stand up. I feel, you know, keeps, you know, keeps his hands up, um, you know, throws nice power strikes, maybe a little bit on the lower volume side, but same thing on the Trevin Jones side, but then his wrestling and his, uh, jujitsu when he mixes it in is really, really good. I got a bet on him at minus uh, 200. You know, I took that a little early just cause I think this guy's a very, very high level guy. And, you know, mixes it, mixes it all in pretty well, has a good camp behind him. His conditioning, I think, has looked pretty good, except for, you know, when he kind of faded a little bit against Timor and, you know, just couldn't keep uh, Henry's pace, you know, uh, qu quite to, to that level. But Trevin Jones, he's just too comfortable laying on his back at times, not doing too much as well. You know, I think that I could see his fight going into the clinch a bit and and uh, with Hione kind of just getting these takedowns, just being a little bit sharper. Um, you know, we saw uh, Kakramanov, you know, on, you know, like 24 hours notice, able to kind of pin, you know, uh, Trevin down a little bit, you know, a few times. But Trevin, you know, when he did get on top, he did solid work, but he was pushing that grappling a lot there. And I don't think the grappling is going to be uh, something that he's going to have success with here with Hyoni. So I like Hyoni here. I think maybe the money line price is a little, gets a little further away from people here. You know, I probably would pass if it goes above 230, but, uh, but I think he'll win this fight. Um, and I would lean towards actually a finish here for Hyoni. Really, really interesting. I'll, I'll disagree. And I'll, I'll lean decision. Um, Barcelos, I feel like just hasn't really taken advantage of, of, finishing opportunities in the UFC. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to get any easier. He is getting up there in age, you know, 35. Uh, Jones, I don't think is very young either. I mean, he's 33, I think, or something like that. And I, I mean, I think Jones has had, you know, two really huge moments in his like UFC career that have kind of propelled him. But, you know, I think a lot of his career uh, has been not so good. You know, obviously, uh, he got hurt bad versus Teamer. Teamer gassed out. He took advantage of that. One big, huge, really nice punch against Mario Bautista that knocked him out. But outside of that, you know, he, he's gotten pretty soundly beaten by most of these guys. Uh, good competition, though. You can't really fault the guy. Kakramanov and Basra are, are really good fighters. Maybe I'm being too harsh on the guy coming off some tough matchups. Uh, but Barcelos is another really tough matchup, man. Uh, but... You know, I did think we maybe started to see a little bit of a, a step down from ourselves in his last fight versus versus Henry. I'll be interested to see if he can bounce back here. But I, I just think this fight should be a competitive decision where not much is really happening. I don't know. I don't think that I think Barcelos should win the decision, but I don't think he's going to really set himself away from the pack to cover that minus two thirty price tag. So I would say dogger pass from the money line uh, and I'm picking it to go the decision, but man, I don't think I'm going to have any bets on this fight. I'm not really interested in anything I see. Um, 
maybe actually Jones no scorecards at plus 155. I think uh, there's some value there, but I don't know. No strong read on that fight, so uh, I'll move on to the next one. Uh, fun fight in the co-main event here. Randy Rudeboy Brown taking on Francisco Masaranduba Trinaldo. Uh, Brown minus 330, uh, Trinaldo plus 270. So obviously you got to love Francisco Trinaldo, right? The guy is a legendary fighter. He's what, 44, 45 years old or something like that. Still racking up wins. Yep, 44 years old. Um, still picking up some decent wins. I mean, he's 5-1 in his past six. Every one of those fights taking place when he was over 40 years old. Also, he um, he had that that uh, Alex Hernandez decision, which was a robbery. So you could go back even further and say that he should be 7-1 and one in his past eight fights, um, which is just remarkable. I mean, the guy, I think, is one of the best old fighters ever. He, he has adapted his style over the years as he got older, and he's continued to win fights. And because he's he's a tremendously skilled fighter in all aspects of the fight, in, in grappling and in striking, he's really good at limiting fighters' volume because he just he, he doesn't really throw a whole lot of strikes, but he'll come back with some big counter shots that, that get his opponent's respect. Um, now, Randy Brown is a, a very skilled fighter as well. Uh, again, skilled on the ground and on the feet. I like him a lot. We've been him in a few of his recent fights. And, you know, he definitely should be a, a decent sized favorite here. Where it's at, I think, is getting a little out of hand. Uh, over 75% for, for Brown, I think, is a bit disrespectful. Just because Trinaldo is constantly underrated throughout his career. And I think that this could be another spot where the market is a little low on him. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in him to win the fight, but I would obviously love to see him pull off the big upset. Um, just because I, I love watching the guy fight, I'm cheering for the you know the, the 40 year olds. I I really hope that one of the 40 year olds win on this card. Hopefully not Olenek. Hopefully it's either Canetti or uh, Trinaldo. Uh, but I'll be cheering for Trinaldo to get it done, despite the odds being you know pretty heavily stacked against him here. Uh, not really seeing any bets that I love. What about you, Ozzy? This fight is a total and complete pass for me. Just because, I mean, bro, Trinaldo looked good in that last fight against Danny Roberts. You know, he's hitting the body. He's kind of, he's stunning, you know, Danny Roberts, you know, with, with his overhand left. And, uh, right, it's Danny, yeah, Danny Roberts. Um, yeah. And he's fight. you know, he's very used to now at this point fighting very tall guys or ranger guys, right? He fought Dwight Grant, who's got like a similar reach to, to Randy Brown, right? Uh, Randy Brown's taller than him and more reach, but Danny Roberts, like, he just fought a lot of guys similar to, you know, Jai Herbert, right? He's fought these lanky guys, um, and he's fought James Vick. Like, he's got so many fights in the UFC. Um, and Randy Brown, like, you know, he's been training with Sean Brady in, uh, what's it called, in Philly, right? Home of the Martian, um, getting his work in there. But Randy Brown, he just, sometimes he just isn't, you know, he's just not starting enough. Like, he's not turned on enough in these rounds for, like, the whole five minutes or the whole three rounds, and he lets stuff slip away from him, and he needs to kind of, like, you know, make the fights closer than they need to be, like, against, um, you know, Jared Gordon, and even against, like, like Luke, like, Luke, he, you know, if he, if you start off a little stronger against a guy like Luke, you know, you can kind of work your way into the fight uh, later on, um, so, yeah, the fight's a complete pass for me, I'm definitely rooting for Randy Brown, New York guy, um, and I do think he is a deserved favorite, but I feel that Trinaldo is a good enough counter uh, striker 
to, to potentially give him some issues. You know, you've seen Randy uh, struggle with leg kicks, you know, sometimes, right? Uh, Chernaldo's really good at kind of taking punches and kind of, boom, throwing the inside leg kick, you know, as a counter, you know, throwing shots to the body as well. Um, and just finding those uh, those uh, moments in between uh, strikes to start landing uh, 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 if in his own right. Um, so I think it could potentially be a close fight. Um, Trinaldo by decision. What a what is that? That's um, five to one. It's a pretty big price for a guy like him by decision, where you know that he's gonna keep you know chipping away, right? You saw even in that Muslim Salikov fight, right? He gets dropped. I don't know which round he gets dropped in at in, but he it, when if he could get back up, if he's still with it, you know he will start turning on the gas pedal, and he's never gonna go away unless you put him completely unconscious, and you know that hasn't happened too many times. So complete pass fight for me. You know, uh, I'll enjoy watching it. I'll root for Randy Brown, but I do think Chernaldo is a little live in this spot. Yeah, the, the ITD might not be a bad low. I think this is going to be a pretty hectic pace, and you know, I think both guys have potential to finish each other. Um, but you know, Chernaldo sticks around pretty well. But Brown, when he hurts guys, he's good at, at finding the finish somehow. He can finish you on the feet or with the club and stuff or something. So, yeah. I would love for uh, him to get on top. If he gets on top of Trinaldo, I do think he'll finish him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's nasty with finishes. Like, when he hurts guys, he's really good at, at hunting down that finish. Um, so I think the ITD has potential to be, you know, look to look like a good bet here. Um, definitely wouldn't want to be betting the GTD or the overs in that one. Um, main event time, Mackenzie Dern, Yan Shannon, women's strawweight division. Dern, the favorite, minus 232. Shannon, plus 197. Your turn to start this one off first. I bet on uh, Mackenzie Dern by submission every time she fights. I'll do this for forever, right? It's like Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel was like, you bet on me, win round one for the rest of my career, like you'll make money. And I feel the same way against Mackenzie Dern. Hasn't worked out last few times, right? Um, she almost had <laughs> she almost had Tisha, though. And I don't regret that bet, not one, not one bet. And I don't regret the one against Marina either. And unfortunately, now we need to lay, we need to lay some chalk. Um, but I've made a decent amount already. So we need to lay some chalk on this one. But I'm still going to take it because Yan Shaonan, like, I don't know. She just, you don't know how she's going to be in a five-round fight, right? You could talk shit about Mackenzie Dern all you want, but she made it all five with Marina. She was there at the end of the fight, right? She even almost finished her, I think, in, like, the fourth round. And I think since then, like, you get, it's like, you know, um, in, like, Pokemon, right? When you get the experience points, so you just level up. When you're in these five-round fights, win or lose, you level up. When you're in a contentious decision, win or lose, you level up, and you get better, and you improve, and you uh, figure out how to manage your gas tank and f how to you know, potentially win, uh, have something left to win the fight in a later stage or how to know what kind of submission to go for or, or things like that. So um, I like that from her. Um, you know, I won't blame anyone for being on a Yanshanan money line because, you know, during her striking is a little soppy. Um, uh, Shanan, you know, looked pretty good against Marina early on. Um, but you know, the guy, the girl's just a bit harmless, in my opinion, unless like she's gonna hit you with like a spinning technique. Um, you know, a lot of the strikes are like pitter patter, that she's nowhere near as mean as uh, as Marina or a girl like that. And you saw what happened with a girl like Tisha, right? Like, did Mackenzie take her down easy or whatever? No, but Tisha's a brick. Like, literally, the girl is a former bodybuilder, like, crazy strong. Crazy, crazy strong. Um, but the, the point I'm trying to make is when you're only throwing these pitter-patter shots, like Nina Nunes throws, like some of these girls throw, 
Mackenzie's going to grab you. She's going to get a hold of you. And she's dragging you to the ground. This is women's MMA. So this fight will end up on the ground. Yan Shanan will be cl clinching to, to Mackenzie, looking to stall, looking to, 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 to make it out of the round. And I think Mackenzie's going to submit her. So, you know, she she is big. You know, it's a big price for the knockout price. But I got to bet her by submission and call it a day because I got to have a bet on the main event of the night. So I'll take Mackenzie by submission and I'll call it a day. I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, first of all, DraftKings Dern ITD is minus 120. I definitely think minus 120 versus minus 110. Yeah, it's worth to take 10 cents for the KO. Um, sure. I, I I hate Mackenzie Dern. I, tr I truly do. I bet on her last fight. Think we got a little lucky there. I don't think it was a bad decision. I see how Dern won rounds one and two, but she was losing round one, and then she winged the ugliest punch of all time, and it happened to, to stumble uh, Torres. And Can we see how landed her to the head like five to one in the first round. It's thank God judges do not reward girls like Tisha Torres for side kicks to the body. Tisha kicked count. her in the tits. Those don't count. She that is not an effective strike. No. No, Mackenzie probably like that. That probably turned her on. We got a lot of women listeners to the uh, podcast. If yeah, tell us them. on a scale of one to ten, on a scale of one to ten, how much does it hurt to get kicked in the boobs? I need to know that. Please drop a comment. Um, but I think it's painful. I really do. Um, especially because Dern is a mother. She's probably you know not too far removed from lactating. Uh, I, I guarantee you those kicks hurt. I, it was probably a specific game plan of Torres to oh. kick her. We directly need to in the extinguish sidekicks to the fucking to the to the body, little inside leg kicks that like you tap them with your foot. It's all bullshit. That is not real striking. It's BS. Not not real. Um, not effective. Now I I've been. I just think Dern's progression as a fighter has been awful. I think that she has potential to be a lot better than she is. She needs to get the fuck away from Jason Perillo. That guy is not capable of taking her to the level where she needs to be. I really don't know. I think she probably should uh, fly over to Philly and to uh, to take the Deanna Bennett route and to uh, just train with those guys because, well, I mean, Daniel she, Gracie, she's got a Daniel lot Daniel Gracie's in, in Vegas now. He opened up his uh, gym in Vegas. So really, yes. well, he's not, he's not the ma John Marquez is the mastermind behind the Philly gym. Uh, Daniel Gracie is just the front man. Um, anyway, uh, now, you know, Dern, obviously, listen, she's, she's probably going to win the fight. She's probably going to get the fight on the floor and finish it at some point, but I'm pretty sure she's going to be looking like a terrible bet at minus two thirty until she gets on top. That's the thing about this fight is that D Dern's striking sucks. Her wrestling sucks. Her footwork sucks. Um, and that leads me to believe that she just can't really be minus 200 in this fight. Sure, if she gets on top, Yan Shannon has looked pretty awful off of her back. You know, Carla Esparza put on a top game clinic against her, easily passed her guard, easily held side control. Um, you know, almost uh, ripped her arm off with Kamora at one point, got the Mount crucifix. But, you know, Dern has better jujitsu than than Carla does, but Carla is the better overall grappler of the two. I, I really need to see that fight at some point. I want to see how that that plays out. Uh, but I honestly think that Dern or, or that that Carla would win. I think that she would, you know, out grapple Dern, you know, keep her on bottom, avoid the submission, and it, just uh, you know, out wrestle her. That that that's a good matchup. You can't you can't you can't lie. That'd be a Carla, really Carla had fight. this. Carla panicked when Danielle Kelly 
fucking locked her up in guard and slammed her to the mat. Like that was pure jujitsu. She can't punch in the face at that point. Okay, well, no. she does. She, if you watched uh, Carla's last fight, she doesn't like punching in the face at all. So that's true. Yeah, I didn't. I I did. I barely watched that fight, but um, yeah, I did oh, hear that. Oh, that was true. I, I thought. I thought you said that it was going great for Rose. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah, because we were barely paying attention. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, Dern. Uh, I mean, Yan is the money line side, but I mean, she's probably gonna lose, man. She's probably gonna end up on bottom in some stupid, stupid fashion. I mean, like Ozzy was saying, it is women's MMA. The fight always ends on the floor in some goofy Even Marina versus Marina versus Jan fucking ended up on the ground. Like, how is this one not going to end up on the ground? Well, what I will say about Every one of Jan's fights since the Angela Hill fight has gone to the ground. Um... What I'll say about um, Jan is that I was watching a few of her fights today, and uh, versus the Carla fight, I mean, she fucking retard decision making. Like the, she starts the fight and charges right at Carla in the small cage against a wrestler, and just has like no concept of footwork, and just immediately gets taken down. Um, she kind of did the same versus Gedalia, and now it was a different matchup against Marina Rodriguez, but she did fight with a lot smarter approach. She fought with better footwork. She limited the engagement, better distance management. I really did think we saw a, an improved game plan and strategy and execution from Yan Shannon there. I think that was the best that she's ever looked uh, despite losing a close decision against Rodriguez there. But man, I just, I mean, uh, so if you had to say, uh, what is the most likely way this fight gets on the floor for Dern? Hey, like, hey, I look, think it's, I think it's probably a caught leg kick. She's going to catch a leg sure. kick and dump her down. I don't know, but look, the what thing about is, this is what I, this is how I feel. One, I'm of the opinion that I thought Mackenzie striking looked better against, uh, What's her name? Um, Tisha. Like, it just w- much more intent. She was just waiting at some points. She was like, all right, you're going to do this stupid shit, kicking this. When, as soon as you get close to me, I'm going to launch power shots at you, and I'm not going to chase you down. And when I do chase you down, I'm just going to look to, you know, go to, go to the guard and jump guard. And it looked great. I thought it was. It might perfect. be a little better, but it was still it was pretty great. bad. I thought it was, but it was honestly, still pretty bad. I thought in the context of her skill set, it was great. And I love, mm-hmm. I actually love Perillo's advice because Perillo was like, don't chase her, whatever. Don't do this. I thought it was great advice. And then I, now they're in the small cage. So I just think she's going to show out on this bitch. This girl is just weak. She's just physically weak. Yan Shanan. So I think. No, I don't know. I think she's weak. Yeah, I think she's strong. She just sucks at wrestling. She sucks at wrestling. She's, Nothing is. She's, I think she's strong, but she's, she's just a really bad wrestler. She, but what I will say is though is, there, I don't think she's gonna get dragged. Fucking Angela Hill almost triangled this woman. So if if oh. Dern has to pull guard, worst case scenario, she might just armbar or triangle her. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked I mean, yeah, if Jan Dern. won. I wouldn't be shocked if she won. I would not be. Me neither. Me neither. I mean, I, I I'm cheering for Jan. I hope Jan sticks and moves and avoids the takedown right. and outboxes her. Um, because I I think Dern stinks honestly. When um, when, when was Dern born? What year? I heard it was 93. Is this true? In event win. What about Yan Shannon? She's probably born around the same time, if I had to She's guess. She's old. She's 89. She is a Gemini, though. She is a Gemini, though. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm cheering. Because he's in a win, dude. Fuck, no, fuck off, dude. She is. She is. I think it'll be like a... What What? what, it, what it will it be? Round one? Round two? I think she submitted her early. I think if it gets in round three, honestly, Durant's in trouble. I think, I think so, the dude. later she, the fight. Jan got tired in, against Marina. Um, a little bit, but 
I think she's uh, she's last build, round, she's her built last round. She threw forty four strikes to Marina's one hundred and seven. This is forty four is still not this a is, pathetic no, number. It is a pathetic number. What are you talking about? Dern threw eighty against Tisha in round one. Yeah, well, those those shits were were, were at at the air. Whatever, whatever. Enough three in round. She threw sixty. Enough, this is what stats are good this. for. Stats are good for that. She threw sixty three in round three. The girl, her cardio is getting better. Like I said, she's leveling leveling up. She's getting better. Jan is not getting better. No, no, no. I disagree. I disagree. I firmly disagree. Well, you don't with know that. what you're I talking think. about. I, well, did you not hear what I was saying about Jan? She she looked better against Rodriguez, undoubtedly. For the first she round, did. then she started losing. No, she hung in there for the second round too. She lost. I mean, I think I think so too. I bet on Rodriguez' um, decision. So uh, enough about this shit, though. Enough about this shit. Seven I hope for twenty six and hedge. I mean, the girl just not. She's Dern, not Dern needs to learn how to wrestle. She. I don't, I don't, I don't understand good, how this. She's not. Good. How has Dern not learned how to wrestle yet? She, she has no clue. Wrestle, how to bro. Wrestle. No, no, her takedowns suck. Oh, she's they gonna suck. take this girl down. You think so? Any interest in playing the under, like the unders here at all? Some people I see are doing that, like under um, four and a half. Who's doing that? J- Jonah Shiffy is doing that. I'll just take Dern by submission, bro. Trash. Do ITD uh, DK. ROI on Dern's submission is much better than bro. How is Jan finishing? It's not. Show, it's bro? not. It's what is what is the Illegal ROI on Dern's submission? Maybe I'm talking about just in this fight in particular. How the fuck is Jan gonna finish her, bro? Punch her in the face. Carolina was blind. Carolina was blind, literally, and she couldn't finish her still. Actually, Dern Dern sub is probably like break even, I'd say. All right. Enough about that. Let's wrap this shit up. Um, your best bet is Jocko, right? Just off Jocko. Damn, like I said, little offended you're stealing mine. Um gotta uh get creative here. I mean, I, I'm thinking. I was thinking that it would be the ITD and the Davis fight, but the the bet with the most value that I'm seeing is Felipe Linz plus one fifty seven. Wow, you're gonna do so that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I think I'll probably end up on that for like a unit and a half. Um, uh, so Jotko minus one twenty two, Linz plus one fifty seven comes out to plus three sixty eight. A big price on this week's best bet parlay. It's your favorite uh, bet on the card. Uh, my mine is Jotko as well. Um. Um. Yeah, Jotko as well. Uh, I'll be. I'm, Renko, looking, bro. I'm. I'm betting. Uh, Kennedy, Stolyarenko, Linz, Jotko, the ITD in the Davis fight, the overs in the Olenek fight, possibly Cassiada, possibly Davis, the over in the uh, Sadiq fight, sub and Sadiq fight, and that's about it. All right, thanks, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we have off UFC next week. Good Bellator this week. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll do like a space or something to talk about some Bellator or some shit. Um, but uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoy the fights, win some bets this weekend, and we'll see you all in two weeks before the next UFC event. Peace out, everybody.